Welcome to the Fly Fish Local Podcast, featuring local anglers fishing on local waters for local species. Well, hello everyone. This is Fly Fish Local. Thanks for downloading and listening. My name is Drew Morgan. And on this podcast episode, we are talking with a very accomplished smallmouth and small streams fly angler, also a very accomplished fly tire um, in North Alabama. His name is Brandon Bells. We're very excited. I'm very excited to uh, get to share our conversation uh, with you all. And um, He's going to talk about a few things. One, he's going to share his tactics and patterns that he uses to catch smallmouth bass on the fly and in small streams especially and if you follow brandon on instagram or if you know of brandon you know that he has a lot of success in these small streams and by small i mean maybe 10 to 15 to 20 foot wide uh, catching really nice bass and so he's gonna let us pick his let me pick his brain a little bit and talk to me a little bit and he's also going to talk about his fly tying again if you follow brandon you know that he is a very good fly tire he has several patterns that are sold commercially by orvis and you can look those up and, and you can purchase those from orvis uh, he also has uh he also um lets allows people to, to order directly from him uh, if you look up Panther Branch Bugs on Instagram, uh, you can follow him, and his contact information is there, and you can uh, order some flies from him, and 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 you know he'll he'll tie those up for you. So, so without any further ado, here is my conversation with Brandon Bells. Okay, so um, anyway, man, thanks for um, thanks for talking with me, and um, I want to talk about. Uh, how you fish North Alabama, Southern Tennessee area, especially for smallmouth, small, small, uh, small stream, smallmouth uh, tactics. And uh, so tell, tell me a little bit about uh, your fishery, your area, uh, where you fish, any kind of unique qualities or, uh, you know, anything special or maybe unique to it compared to, to other fisheries. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, uh, so... See, like you, like me, and you talked. Uh, I'm in North Alabama. I'm, I'm like uh, 15, 20 minutes from the Tennessee state line. So I've got there's, you know, you get into the almost like um, the trout stream, yeah. Or a lot of our warm water looks like, uh, and I've showed pictures of guys, and they're like, oh, you know, you must catch a lot of trout there, and you know, it's just warm enough that trout can't survive and it's warm enough to yeah. hold you know bass any type of sunfish you can think of um and to me it's pretty unique in the the, the bass there um that will for that matter all the fish uh, they behave a lot like trout do yeah um, they interesting they're sort of selective on what they what they eat, they seem to, and in, in these small streams, they they key in more on the as far as top water on the insects. Um, yeah, I had to learn early on that um, I, 
I had the mindset of, you know, throwing big poppers because I was wanting to catch these big smallmouth. Yeah. Um, but what I noticed was um, I was scaring off all the fish. Huh. Uh, making a bunch of noise. So um, I started using more like basically what you would use out west uh, as far as terrestrials for trout, big. Uh, yeah, so. Albert, Chernobyl ants. So that's something I was going to ask you about. I'll stop you right there. What am I, you know, I've seen pictures you post on Instagram, especially, and, uh-huh. and you know, you, you catch some nice bass and small streams, and then I'll notice, you know, it'll be a, like one of your hoppers you tie or a small little streamer. Yeah. Um, why do you think, I mean, is it this, is it just the size of the prey there in, in the stream or, because cause that's interesting, because, yeah, you know, yeah. there is the big, the big bait, big fish idea that's pretty prevalent especially in, in, in conventional and in warm water uh fishing circles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah um what i so i went through i guess most guys go through phases of fly fishing and, and i went through um a phase where i just wanted to throw you know um big huge flies yeah. even in those smaller streams and uh you know, using bigger rods. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the whole time I was doing that, I felt like I was over, you know, it was overkill. Yeah, um, interesting. But, and what I noticed is, and it sort of clicked one day, um, we had a, a heavy rain, and I would have good luck. Uh, I will say that I have good luck with bigger streamers yeah. and bigger top water stuff when it's, you know, when we've got high water, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, murky water. But I noticed this one particular day, it had rained a couple of days straight. The water dropped, and uh, I went out to go fish, and uh, right as soon as I started stepping the water, I found um, a dead um, sculpin, maybe, huh. I don't know, two inches long at the most. Hmm. And I, you know, in my mind, and what I was tying, as far as like when I tied sculpins, um, I was tying these big... Yeah double and triple triple articulated sculpins well so i decided well if they're in here maybe i should try downsizing what i'm tying and uh that uh i gotta tell you like and as far as like the small streamers go that one uh, i just call it the baby sculpin it's just a a sculpin helmet from flyman and uh some uh, rabbits on yeah it's it's a sweet uh, it's a sweet pattern i've seen pictures of it yeah yeah, and it, the thing is, is I've taken it, um, I, I've caught, let's see, my biggest smallmouth on that pattern was uh, an 18-inch uh, smallmouth wow. last year. That is a good fish. And then, <laughs> but it's neat because I took that same pattern up to the Smokies and whenever I'd hiked way up to some brookies and uh, same exact fly huh. catching, you know, uh, southern Appalachian brook yeah. trout. So it's, huh. it's one of the, and, and, and like you said, it has to do with the um, the forage size and these small streams. I mean, yeah, there'll be a run of some some shad occasionally or some big uh, shiners, but uh, the majority of their diet is um, these smaller sculpins or darters. And, uh, Interesting. And, and as far as uh, crawfish go, um the same thing, you know, an inch to two inches is sort of what they key in on. Yeah, so 
with smallmouth bass, from what I've seen, and you kind of just brought it up, you've got the sculpin or darter, you know, sculpin slash darter type patterns. You've got the crawfish mm-hmm. type patterns, and then you've got you know, the, you know, your your topwater stuff. Um, and Utah, yeah. Utah, the, the a really great hopper. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe so. What time is like? Is there a time of year where it all works? You just kind of you know figure out what they're keen on that day, or is it a certain time of year where you know, like obviously the summer when the hoppers are, are out, maybe that would be better then. Um, how do you go about kind of selecting flies? Is it something you just kind of go that day and just kind of figure out maybe what's working, or do you pretty much know certain time of year, certain pattern? Um, yeah, so um, what I call like my home waters, um, I've been I've been fly fishing uh, these set of streams um, that have small mats for about, Let's see, I'll be 35 this year. I've been fishing there for about close to 20 years. Wow, yeah. Um, as far as with the fly, yeah. um, my my granddad would take me whenever I was just a little kid. That's that's not, that's really, that which I'll, I can talk about later, that's where my love comes from. Yeah. Small streams. But, um, yeah, so typically I'll just give you like a quick breakdown Um as far as the seasons go. So, um, if and when I have a day to go in the wintertime, mm-hmm. um, the smallmouth, the smallmouth do one of two things, depending on the water level, when it gets cold, either one, they make their way to the mouth of the river and just dump off into the river huh. and basically find like a wintering hole. Yeah. Or two, which is what happened this past year with the drought, mm-hmm. they the water gets so low they can't actually even make it down to the river. So they just find the deepest pockets in the stream. And huh. I mean, by deep pocket, I mean five yeah. to six feet deep. Um, and so if I go to target them in the winter, um, I'm normally I just it's funny, but I will indicate a fish with a streamer, huh. a weighted streamer. Interesting. Um, and I'm just I'm just dead drifting. Uh, basically, weighted bait fish usually uh, either some type of bait fish profile, whether it be a sculpin or even heck, even clouds or minnows, I mean, yeah. anything like that. Um, are you are you trying then, to get pretty know, close to the bottom, or or are you you know are you yeah, trying? You're trying to get close to the bottom, and and any structure or like ledges, I found out that you've got a if there's a ledge, the tighter you can uh, fish that bug right up against those ledges because you know you know as well as I do when it's yeah. cold weather, they're not going to move or exert a lot of energy to eat something. So I mean, you know, you might be a couple inches off, and they're not going to move from their hunger usually, and they'll they'll take the, uh, like I said, the feathered game changers. And, and even those, I don't tie those huge. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. What, you know, for small stream, I mean, we're talking two inches, two to three inches? Um, with the game changers, I've pretty much um, settled on like a four-inch long yeah. game changer. Um, I have some that are three-inch that I'll use uh, just all short shanks or with a finger hook and a yeah. hook up front. Um, but yeah, um, if it's 
super, super sunny out. Um, another thing, too, is on the game streams, I don't, if it's super sunny and it gets, you know, the water's getting a little bit low right now, actually, and what I found, um, and this is basically, I took this a uh, little bit of information from uh, Mike Schultz up in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, the Schultz Outfitters. He yeah. he showed me a game changer he was using for low and clear water, and basically it had no flash. It was huh. just all, it, well, that particular one was all grizzly hen saddle feathers. Yeah. And, uh, Interesting. So I started doing that too, just because, you know, I think, I think flash is, is our friend, but to a certain extent, when it gets so low and so clear, um, I think you can scare those fish off. And uh, so, would you say the just a little bit too. so it's almost like the lower and clearer, the more realistic the pattern needs to needs to look at in exactly. these situations. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um that's sort of what I've figured, um, and that's I think that's one of the things I, I like so much is. Um, you know, I do I do trout fish majority in the winter, um, but yeah. during the, the other times when I'm fishing in warm water, I actually sort of like um, you know that challenge of it's got to be yeah. you know just it's got to be real enough a real enough profile and action to fool these fish, um, but at the same time it's not like they're super super spooky and you're gonna I'm not gonna go you know. I'm not going to go half a dozen trips and only catch one fish. Yeah. You know, once you get everything dialed in and uh, figure out exactly what works, you know, I just I've sort of stuck with that, and that that just to me that seems what's what's worked best is having that realistic movement and profile on most of most of my flies. Yeah, I've you know I've heard some guys compare smallmouth fishing. And streams and rivers, almost to, to brown trout fishing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't know if that comparison holds true uh, in your opinion, but um, you know, there there seems to be, you know, trout. You want to match the hatch, whatever. You know, there's not as much out stuff out there about bass fishing. And what's interesting to me is, you know, sometimes you know we like to think a bass is eating just because it makes them mad or makes them angry. But then also, uh-huh. it, it needs to somewhat look like and be realistic. You know, I, I see some patterns that are just really super crazy. And yeah, you know, you might catch a fish just because it makes them mad or maybe it makes a certain sound or something. And I guess being uh, mm-hmm. an, an old conventional guy, I mean, look at some of the stuff conventional guys are using. I mean, you know, what a yeah. you know, spinnerbait. I mean, that's, that's whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but you seem to be saying that at least in the small streams for smallmouth, um, I mean, you you you're kind of matching the hash like you would with trout fishing, almost. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like I said, you know, and that and you know, and that starts out, you know, like I was saying earlier, in like early spring when um, you've got and it's and I've sort of tested this this theory and had some fishless days because you know um, I've gone and fished with the uh, crawfish or helgramites. Um, late summer when I mean there's there's always crawfish around but yeah, exactly yeah. when they're in the molting stage is when you'll that's when you'll go in in my area that's when I'll go to the stream and I'll see just 
that's when you'll see bits and pieces of crawfish laying all. <laughs> yeah. You know, in any, yeah. in any slack water or anything, that's when you'll see. So it's it really is. It's like okay, well, this is when these crawfish are coming out and they're and they're molting, and this is when the helgamites are coming out before they actually turn into the adult dobson fly. You know, which yep. it happens over a period of time, but you'll. You can sort of go, and at certain times, especially with the hydrons, you can say, well, you know, these are hatching out and becoming adult flies, um, so I'm going to try that. And then, sure enough, you know, it's, which is rewarding in itself, you know, yeah. you go out and you're able to sort of do the field work, and then you get this end result of catching, you know, more fish or fish that you went right over with a streamer or a hopper and you know they wouldn't touch it huh. um they might swap at it but yeah you know you throw that helgamite on there and they just they key right in on it so uh, that and that's and again that, that's matching the hatch you know it's a lot like uh and i did and as far as what you said earlier yeah i would say it's smallmouth and then brown trout for me that's my my two favorite fish. yeah and they and they do they really even in the tailwaters i fish for a brown trout in tennessee they Smallmouth and brown trout—they behave really? a whole lot alike, and um, they're very, very similar in the way they act and places they sit and, and wait, you know, to, to key in on the yeah. on fish that are coming by our prey. So, we, well, yeah, well, and you mentioned uh, crayfish and and, and helgramites. I, I have to confess, I, and I think I've told you this before when we've talked before. I I just fishing a crayfish for me. I don't know if I've ever caught a fish on a crayfish, and I've tried. Are you really? are you like dead drifting these or swinging these? Uh, are you trying to um, almost like jig fish them in like pocket water? Like when you say fish a crayfish, I mean, or maybe all of the above, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it really depends. I mean, I would if I had to like say, I would say the majority of the time, I actually catch more dead drifting um yeah. but there are times where i'll try to uh you know um jig jig crawl like through a line yeah or um you know i and i'll catch fish you know if i swing it you know i'll throw it straight out and yeah. take it to me yeah and just let it swing through the ripples just like you know you would any any other stream so or, what's your idea yeah, are you your ideal setup, are you, are you wanting to fish a, a cast upstream or are you wanting to be, you know, par- like right beside a run or a pool and, and dead drift it through or or maybe it's just ho- however you can get to it. But, like, I, I, ideally, how would you like to present a crayfish to a run or through a pool? Um, I, I would ideally always like to quarter upstream, you know, okay. just – just enough. I quarter upstream just a little bit. That way I'm not, you know, because, I mean, you know how bass are. A lot of times when something just yeah. hits the water, they're, yeah. they're on it. Um, yeah. And if you, I, I've lost I've lost some nice fish thrown straight upstream, and you can't get, get control no. quick enough. And, and yeah. you know, they're, they're already they're, ate it and then let go of it yeah. and spit it out. But, yeah, yeah quartering upstream, and then uh, uh, I would say... The second way I try to do is just basically if I'm right next to a run and I can reach out. And, uh, yeah. and that's the thing. Um, I didn't mention it when we started, but typically on 
and I know this is this is going to be a lot different than the water you got on, but typically these streams I'm fishing in are anywhere from eight feet to the most oh, well. uh, yeah. thirty foot wide. You know, yeah, yeah. And thirty foot wide is big. So um, yeah, you've got a lot of that ten to fifteen foot wide. So you're not making long casts or anything. No, no, and, that, and that's and that's another thing yeah. too. As far you know, we can we could always talk about those um, equipment wise. You know, if yeah. Anybody that knows me knows that I love. Uh, I fell in love years ago with fiberglass yep. fly rods. And yep. That's that's all that I that I use, and it's and yeah, at times um, if I go in big water, I I admit I'm handicapped. You know, I don't get that reach, but yeah. the majority of my fishing is in these smaller waters. And for instance, my if I'm going out just for smallmouth um, or I'm just streamer fishing, I carry a fiberglass seven foot six weight. Okay, and that's and that's actually yeah, that's my longest rod. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I was I was going to ask you about that, so I'm glad you I'm glad you got into that. Um, so you <clears> feel <throat> so you like the seven foot rod and, and tighter. In the tighter mm-hmm. uh, streams and, and creeks, okay. Um, yeah, and it's st- and and it's still you know, I'm not saying that it it, it can't be done with the standard nine foot rod, but um, for me, you know, like I said, the majority where I fish, yeah. and to the fiberglass, um, for me, when you're in tight quarters, um, you have to fight fish a little bit differently, and with glass. You've got, you know, unlimited yeah. tippet protection. I yeah. mean, it just keeps bending no matter what. And you you appreciate that when you've got a, you know, 15, 16 smallmouth that runs underneath the ledge and it just, yeah. you know, does a nosedive. So, I mean, Interesting. It's, a, it's it's an advantage, I would say, in, in smaller streams, for me okay. at least. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And, and you know, um, so much of the the world's gone or the the fly fishing rod industry's gone to graphite i feel like because you know people are wanting to cast farther but um you know that's a good point about the tippet protection in small streams and not necessarily having a lot of water to work with when you when you when you hook a mm-hmm. fish um so you, we we've talked a lot about uh patterns and you've mentioned some patterns that you like to tie and you like to fish um, you know, you're, you're a really accomplished, very accomplished fly tire. Um, let's talk maybe a little bit about how you got into to tying and, you know, if it's something you've always done or if it's something you picked up, um, maybe just, uh, you know, what, what, how'd you get into it? And, and then too, you know, you've got a couple of uh, patterns that are tied commercially now. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about some of those. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so pretty much, um, I know a lot of fly tires probably say this, but and it's true. Growing up, I always had a, an artistic side to me. I love to draw and paint, and, and in yeah. general, just just build stuff. I love working with my hands, and I mean, even my my uh, job, I'm, I'm a technician <laughs> for NASA, so I do like hands-on okay. work, and I'm building stuff. So. For me, it was sort of a natural progression because, yeah. um, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, I would I would go whenever I would actually, if I didn't order flies online, um, 
if my family was somewhere where there's a fly shop, I would always buy some flies. And I always think, man, how are these made? And then, yeah. and this is probably said by a lot of people my age too, but then I found YouTube. Yeah, no, yeah, that's and, been, you know, that's been my, that's my teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I started, you know, tying my own stuff. I started out probably like most people who are tied and I started tying a bunch of olive woolly buggers. Yeah. I tied a ton of them. And yeah. I fished those all the time, everything from, you know, sunfish to trout. And then, uh, I started, you know, um, tying up poppers and things like that. And so it naturally progressed. Um, but so as far as me sort of branching out and wanting to make stuff that I could sort of say is yeah. my own or yeah. that I came up with or, you know, I had these ideas, um, it's sort of a, it's a story I really don't talk about a lot, but um, my youngest son, when he was a baby, um, it was I don't want to get dark here. It was sort uh-huh. of a bad time. He got really, really sick. Oh, man. And was yeah. hospitalized. Oh, wow. And at the same time, it was during the government shutdown. So me being a government employee, wow. I was at home. Yeah. Um, and we were, me and my wife were in the hospital with him for 14 days. And, uh, um, Jeez. So yeah. I, I couldn't. I've always been sort of a night owl. My wife will tell you that. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll stay up and tinker with stuff. Well, that sort of heightened all that whenever we came home from the hospital. And I was... Interesting. You know, would always be checking on him. And I just stayed up and I would type lies. And I would experiment with, you know, some ideas I would see in, you know, magazines. I would see a YouTube video of. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. That's because cool. it was those... Uh, and, and the first... Uh, articulated streamer that I came up with uh, I sort of named Insomniac Streamer because it was <laughs> I came up with it at probably 2 in the morning when I should be sleeping yeah man like and, I uh, like you know when on your some of your Instagram posts because anybody with kids especially if you've got more than one kid I mean time is you know very limited and if you get some free oh, time yeah. I mean it's like gold so like when I first started following yeah. I was like man like when is like because I think you said something about your kids I was like man because I was struggling, I just had, you know, a, a daughter, and, you know, I wanted to tie, but didn't, felt guilty sometimes when I was taking myself away, so, but then I found out oh, yeah. that you do a lot of yours once the kids go to sleep, so that's, that was funny to me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, that's, that's pretty much the way it, uh, the way it has to be around my house, because like that, I've got, you know, a six-year-old and a ten-year-old, and then I, my wife is, is a nurse, so that's another thing, if she's, if she's on call, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Mom, and she's at the hospital working. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and I, and I still, I mean, uh, it might catch up with me one day. But, <laughs> um, yeah, if I can, but I've started limiting myself. Like, I don't stay up in all hours. Yeah. You know, I try to, you know, if I can, after the kids go to bed, and, you know, uh, my wife usually goes to bed early because she has to be at work early, and then I'll, I'll, break out a, a block of time to at least you know I, I draw out a lot of my yeah. ideas I might yeah. I might name set the vice I might just draw out a sketch of a fly I have cool. um, that's awesome uh, but uh, or you know if I can get the device I can but but yeah so that interesting so that's how I sort of started tying uh, uh, 
Yeah, and so and so now you you have your your company name, your business name is is Panther Panther Branch Bugs, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so you know, um, how you know what what kind of volume are you seeing with that? Are you you know because as a somebody like I understand how time's limited and you know how, how many how many bugs are you tying? Um, you know or what? I guess you know. Are are you able to keep up with? I mean, that that seems pretty daunting to me. So it's pretty impressive, is what I'm trying to say. That that you also are able to tie that many. Yeah, but, um, it's. I'll say this. It's it's. Um, so what I basically do is I just do like um, these small custom orders. Um, yeah. I, I learned early on it's really hard to keep like a fly shot stocked. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, so, and, and and also it's to me at least it's not that fun when you're tying no, yeah. a dozen of the same plot. Yeah. So I like you know I look at it almost as like a boutique thing. These small custom orders I really like that when guys come to me and they're like, hey, I'm going to chase smallmouth in West Virginia. Can you tie? That's cool. Hits? This is what's going on there. Yeah. And, that's you know cool. I sort of do these little custom uh, orders, but um. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll see, and it's sort of seasonal, to answer your question. Like, I'll have, you know, as spring approaches, I'll see yeah. warm water guys, you know, come out of the woodwork, and they're, you know, and it, and it can be daunting, honestly. Yeah. And I've had yeah. to, uh, and that also is the time of year when my kids play baseball, so um, I have to I have to really limit, like, yeah. what I can yeah. take on comfortably and not, and not get burned out, and... The other thing is, um, right currently in the Orvis catalog, I've got two patterns. I've got yeah. the hopper that we talked about. It's um, it's called in their catalog. It's called the Bales Panther Creek Hopper. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also the Bales Out Minnow, which is you know a minnow pattern. They're doing a couple of variations. Yeah. Um, the good thing is, is with that, you know, I you submit it. And then I don't have to tie all those flies. Oh, that's cool. Somebody else ties all those flies, and then they just uh, you you get uh, you know a, a percentage. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's nice. Sold. So so that so I see now why you know I've talked with uh, I've actually talked to him about a couple of times. Blaine uh, Chocolate, which, yep. you know he's the the game changer. Yeah. Father, pretty much. Yeah, he, yeah. I talked to him. I was like, "Man, you you don't ever sell any of your flies." I I saw him at us in Arkansas one year, and he's like, "No, he's like, I, I don't enjoy tying more than a couple of the same flies at one sitting." Huh. And he's like, "You know, yeah." But he's got all these designs up there. He does. That, you know, and that's so he gets credit through that, which is great. Um, and I and I see uh, the benefit in that. Well, I mean, but at the and same I, time, I think it's really cool that. Um, you know, if, if somebody talks to you, you know, you're willing to, to do something hand tied by its creator, you know, and, and, and you're, nobody gets rich off time flies. Um, but you're, you know, it seems like, yeah, yeah. It seems like you're just wanting to do it though, just to kind of help, you know, especially with warm water stuff, which is something I really appreciate. Um, you've got a ton of really great trout tires, trout fly tires, but. 
you know, I, yeah. I really think it's cool that you're willing to, to share and, and tie for people, especially with, you know, warm water patterns that, I mean, cause let's be honest, good quality warm water patterns are, are really, a lot of times really hard to find. Um, oh, yeah. just cause not, not, not too many people are doing it. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so I, yeah. kudos to you. I think that's awesome that, that you're doing it and I hope I you can continue. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, man, I, I appreciate I appreciate you talking to me, and um, this yeah, is man. really interesting. And um, anyway, uh, we need to go fish together soon. So, um, yeah, we do. I need to get some get a strap down there. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon.